from the Utah School Counselors Association, this is The Sounding Board, where school counselors share ideas. I'm Nate Webb, school counselor, USCA board member, and every week I'll be speaking with different counselors and professionals that will be giving us valuable information in our counseling world. We cannot wait for you to hear these ideas. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Sounding Board with the Utah School Counselors Association. It's your host, Nate Webb. And guys, today we're going to be talking about CCRs, um, College and Career Readiness Planning Meetings. Uh, some people call them PCCRs, some call people call them CCRs. Back in the day, we called it SEOP. It always keeps changing its name, I swear. But it's been CCR for a while. And these are the opportunities we get to meet with our students. Now, <clears throat> pardon my voice, by the way. Um, I'm a wrestling coach as well, and we had some matches yesterday, and I was yelling my guts off as well as announcing, so my voice is kind of gone. But anyway, CCRs. Today, I want to talk about CCRs, um, partially because I've been getting some questions from some counselors just asking, hey, how do you run your CCRs? And I was like, well, I mean, not everyone does CCRs the same. I'm going to put that out there. There's no solve all. Here's how you should do it. But I will say the one-on-one CCRs that we're doing at my high school, I really do enjoy and I really like the structure. Now, the rules in Utah is you need to have at least two years where your CCRs are individual face-to-face setting with you and the student and a parent. Um, at our school, we do that freshman year and junior year. Some schools do it all four years. We have a school down the road in our county who does it sophomore year and senior year. Just depends on what your school is doing. Now, our school, it does it freshman and sophomore year. So today, I'm going to be talking specifically about freshman CCRs. Those are probably my favorite CCR because it's your chance to get to know the kid and get them start to think about their career and what they want to do later on. And so... Uh, the form that we use for the CCR, it, it basically walks you through exactly what to talk about. We also have a little booklet for our school for each grade for the CCR that we walk through a little bit during the CCR <clears throat> to talk about high school opportunities and things like that. But they're also on the form. So I'll just kind of walk you through our process of things that we like to talk about and why we like to talk about them during the CCR. We, we, we kind of go through three separate sections. We talk about our personal section, strengths, goals, stuff like that. We have our college and career exploration section, and that is where we do things with keys to success. That's where we have our inventories. That's where we have the assessments that we take online. Um, And then we have college and career planning steps. We talk about options at the high school. We go after high school scholarships, and then our high school education plan. We make a four-year plan. So in the personal section, the thing we very start off with very, very first is strengths. And the reason we do this, and we do this with every single one of our CCRs, is because we want them to start thinking about job resume application type things. Early on, it can be awkward. What are my strengths? Oh, I'm good at video games. Oh, I'm good at basketball. Uh, uh, I like to talk a lot. Uh, I make friends. <clears throat> and... Um, 
And it can be hard to try and translate that into power words that are good to put on job, job applications. And so we got, we, we need to, we're, we're trying to get them to start thinking about that early on. So we have them list their strengths, right? We have them put, I'm resilient. I'm a good team worker. I am skilled at this skill. Um, I am empathetic. I have good soft skills. And so we help them translate those skills. Even if, even if something that's perceived as negative by their parents, right? Maybe it's something like, um, I am, my mom says I'm really, really stubborn. And so you could, you know, you strong willed, you know, um, my, or my, you know, my parents say I talk too much. I am an over communicator. <laughs> There's ways to, to, to turn everything into something that a power verb that you can put or power word or whatever that you can put on your application. After strengths, we put down academic goals. <clears throat> this is where <clears throat> we try and get in everyone's head you are going to graduate high school. That is a given. What else do you want to do? Do you want to maintain a certain grade point average? Do you want to get certain accolades while you're in high school? Do you want to get to a certain college? What academic things do you want to achieve in your life? It could be a certificate after high school that you get for a trade job, for a marketable skill that you get. Um, <clears throat> But starting to think about those academic goals early on to give them something to work towards. And then next we have personal goals. This is just the fun stuff, bucket list stuff, right? Like where do you want to live? Where do you want to travel? What do you want to own? Do you want to have a car? Do you want to have a house? Do you want to have a family? And again, this is to help them start thinking about the future. What do you want for the future? Most of them don't know. I mean, I, I didn't know when I was that age what I wanted, but the earlier you start thinking about it, the less scary it is. And that's a big deal. And so we have them write down all oh, his personal goals. What do you want to do? I joke with the other counselor because she always says, uh, I have a, I have a goal to see an NFL game and I got to see my Vikings play. And then I joke, I'm like, yeah, she got to see them lose to the Browns. Um, and we laugh. Um, but yeah, personal goals, fun bucket list stuff. Next up is behavioral goals. And this is to help them start to think of things that could help them improve their day-to-day -day life, their academic success, and their overall happiness. And if they have a harder time thinking about it, we're like, well, what's one thing that your parents are always on your back about? And if you change one thing and make your life a little bit easier, a lot of them right now are putting down screen time less screen time, which I wholeheartedly agree with. If you guys, I, 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 I do speaking on the side and do my whole little other podcasts and stuff all about no screen time. You know, I'm all about that, but also a lot of them procrastination. Um, and a lot of them recognize that. And so we haven't put down just one thing, one behavioral thing. If you changed it, it would make your life so much easier. No, we haven't changed that. <clears throat> After that, we go into our college and career exploration. Um, we In our booklet, we have a whole sheet with the career inventory thing that they can take on keys to success um, and then ways to research that so they can see um, careers within the clusters that they might be interested in. And then they can see the level of education, how much education they have to get to do that. And then like, what do they have to major in college to get there? Where, what, what, what colleges offer that program? So they can see realistically going into things what it's going to look like. Um, also, we have them think about their dream jobs. Now, a lot of these kids do have a dream job, but for some reason, they have been conditioned to settle. I don't get it, but they've been conditioned to settle. Um, a lot of kids 
they've been conditioned to be like, well, this is my dream job, but I don't know if I can hack it. And they don't believe it. I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, so we don't mind if they put down professional athlete or if they put down YouTuber or, or whatever it might be, some of these seemingly outlandish careers. But the truth is these outlandish careers are becoming more and more viable by the day. And so instead of making fun of kids for their dreams and the things that they want to achieve, we need to be supporting them and showing them what you have to do to get there. So many kids choose not to go into the things that they're interested in after they see, oh my gosh, this actually takes a lot of work. You mean I can't just upload videos to YouTube and be a massive success? <laughs> it's like, no, you got to learn about business. You got to learn about marketing. You got to learn about accounting. You got to learn about all these different things, your overhead, costs, finance. And they're like, whoa, yeah, maybe I should go to college. <laughs> and some of them are like, yeah, actually, yeah, I've been researching the business. I've been looking at the market. Here's my plan. And honestly, kudos to them. If they want to be an entrepreneur straight out of high school or, you know, not have to do that traditional college route, that's awesome. College, universities, whatever it might be, is not for everybody. And these CCRs, we're trying to help them plan out what they're interested in, their pathway to success. And their pathway does not always involve a four-year university. It might involve a 1.5-year technical school. It might involve getting some certificate. It might involve just going to a junior college or getting an apprenticeship, you know? Anyway, so after all that, then after the college and career expiration, we talk about um, high school options. First, we talk about the different, uh, different en enrichments and the CTE pathways that are offered at the school. Um, CTE pathways are, are statewide. That's when you get three credits in a certain job category or career category, and you get a medallion at graduation. It's pretty cool. And you can put it on your resume as well. And so we talk about their interests so we can plan out what pathways they want to pursue. And because a lot of these pathways take steps of approximation to get there. Let's say there's a kid who's interested in the medical assisting pathway. Well, in order to do that, you have to take intro to health science so that you can take medical terminology because you, you have to take anatomy and you have to take med term in order to take anatomy. So you take intro to health science, medical terminology, so that you can take anatomy. And the reason you're taking anatomy is so that you can take medical assisting your senior year. And so that's four whole years worth of those type of classes that we need to plan out if that's what their interest is. Now, at this point, some kids get really, really worried because they're like, I, I don't know. And I don't want to promise my life away right now. I don't want to you know, make any long lasting decisions because I'm not sure what I want to do. And I tell them this is just a plan. We are not making anything concrete. We're not making anything set in stone. This is just a plan. You can dash my plan to itty pieces when it comes time for registration for sophomore year, but this is just a plan um, according to your interests right now at the moment. And they're like, oh, okay, this isn't permanent. Okay, okay, let's keep going. <laughs> anyway, we talk about high school options and then we talk about life after high school. We talk about, okay, we got technical school, we got junior college, we got four-year universities, we got graduate school. There's lots of different ways to get to where you want to go. And I always bring up my little sister. I brag about her so often. So she is a teacher and she wanted to go to Utah State initially after high school, but she did not have huge scholarships right out of the gates of high school. Um, and so instead of going straight to USU, where she wanted to go, she went to Snow College instead because it's much, much cheaper and she had a much, much better scholarship there. 
And so she goes to Snow College, works her tail off, and she gets a 4.0 at Snow College. Perfect grades. She works her butt off for them, okay? She isn't one of those people that just glide by. She works her tail off, and she got that perfect 4.0, and then applied to Utah State as a transfer student. And because she applied as a transfer student, she got a full-ride scholarship to Utah State based off of her junior college grades. They didn't look at her high school ACT. They didn't look at her GPA from high school. All they did was look at her GPA and her courses from Snow College. And she's able to get a full-ride scholarship. And because she kept up those good grades, she actually got paid to go to college, okay? She, <laughs> she didn't have to pay tuition. She had a full-ride and then a bunch of other little scholarships. So, yeah, she actually got paid to go to college. Um, but... She didn't follow your typical route. She went to your junior college first. She went to her university. And then there's me. I got a master's degree so that I could tell some kids not to go to college. Because <laughs> my experiences as well, when I was in college, I sold pest control door to door to pay the bills. Um, and a college professor tried to make an example out of me. They're like, oh, what's your poor college kid job? I'm like, oh, I sell pest control door to door. They're like, yeah, so okay, so stand up. So in a typical summer, how much do you make? Because you know this isn't something that can pay the bills forever. He's trying to incentivize people to do good in college so that they wouldn't have to do crappy jobs like mine. And I told him, well, last summer I made about $68,000. And he's like, sit down. <laughs> and, and I was like, I fully realized I could have made a career out of this and not had to follow this traditional path. But the reason I became a counselor is because I wanted other people to know that. Anyway, so we talk about all these different options we have after high school. And then we talk about how we can pay for them. Our school is fortunate to have the best scholarship coordinator ever. She makes a fantastic website. <clears throat> but I would encourage you guys to collaborate with the people at your school, your support staff, your college access advisors, your scholarship coordinators, coordin um, collaborate with them for your CCR. So you have resources to give to your kids. Um, scholarships, uh, the easiest scholarships, obviously, are ones that you get automatically that you don't have to apply for. So one's about GPA, one's about ACT scores. Now, vast majority of the schools in the state of Utah do not require an ACT for admittance, but it does require ACT for a lot of them. They do still consider ACT for scholarship opportunities. And so even though it's not required for admissions, we always encourage kids to take that ACT so that they can be considered for some scholarship opportunities. The scholarship opportunities mostly are not just on the ACT, but the ACT always helps. And so ACT is always a good idea just so that you have a, that much of a better chance of getting good scholarships. Um, and then there's other financial plans, right? My five, uh, the, the My 529 saving plans that you can do, federal aid, the FAFSA. Um, FAFSA is a huge deal because most scholarships, they won't offer you it unless you have applied for the FAFSA. Um, and a lot of kids are like, oh. so FAFSA for you counselors who don't know, it is the federal, <clears throat> the free application for federal student aid. Um, and they fill it out. They put in mommy and daddy's tax information. And if mommy and daddy are poor enough, then they give them some job, some money um, options. Some of them are loan options, which I don't love. Um, but if you have to, you have to. Um, now, when you're out of high, when you're out of high school, and when you're no longer on mommy and daddy's taxes, then they're more likely to give you some money through the FAFSA and get you some Pell grants. Those are gift money from the federal government that you do not have to pay back. We like Pell grants because that means um, it helps you, um, and you don't have to pay it back. 
Anyway, so we talk about the financial plan, all that college and career planning steps. The next step is the funnest step. We have a chart for, with four columns in it for the four years of high school. And then we plan out the rest of high school. <laughs> we make a plan. We make that four-year plan. And so we finish out the plan for freshman year. And then we plan out the next three and a half years. And so we go through junior year, I'm mean, sophomore year, junior year, and senior year. And this is where those steps of approximation come in. First, we talk about <clears throat> the core classes. You know, where do you want to be regular sections? Where do you want to be honors sections? Um, some schools have the honors diploma that kids might want to consider. And then we also have things like concurrent enrollment and AP classes that you might want to consider, especially for scholarship opportunities, like the opportunity scholarship, where you get, uh, it's always in between like four to eight thousand bucks. Um, and right now, it used to be called the Regent Scholarship, and now it's the Opportunity Scholarship. And the qualifications is you just have to take an AP or a concurrent enrollment class in English, math, and science. And that's it. And get good grades, obviously. Uh, I think that's like a 3.0 GPA or something like that. <clears throat> and, and that's it. And so a lot of these kids... You bring that up, like, okay, hey, you can consider AP, can consider concurrent enrollment senior year. Um, but you go through, we do the core classes first, and then we get into elective classes, the classes that they're really interested in, the career classes. Um, our community is fortunate enough to have, uh, it's called the CLC, the Community Learning Center, with classes that are career-oriented, like graphic design and cosmetology and culinary arts, engineering, coding, um, uh, protective services, criminal justice, and they can take classes over there that are more focused and they learn so much more in those classes. It's amazing. We love those. We also have a technical college right in our backyard as well that kids can take classes from while they are in high school for free. It's huge. So many kids are graduating. We have several kids graduating with their pharmacy's technician license um, while they're in high school taking classes from the technical college. Which is a huge deal. I mean, you're, if you're straight out of high school, you're making 25 bucks an hour. I would have done criminal activity in college for that. I was selling plasma. I was getting stuck by needles twice a week just to get extra food money. And having that good of a job and also keeps you open for job opportunities later on is huge. Anyway, so we plan all that out. Then we go through the little booklet and talk about whatever else things uh, that are pertinent. We talk about clubs and activities that they want to be a part of. I like to bring up mental health and social media towards the end, um, but just because mental health has been really hard for the freshmen coming in. They didn't really have a sixth grade year. Seventh grade was real wonky with masks and, and quarantine back and forth. They did have an eighth grade year, but it was their only year of, of, high, of middle school. And then they transitioned straight off to high school. So they had no transition period. And now they're like, due dates, all this other accountability. Well, my goodness. And so we talk about mental health. We give them a few resources uh, like Safe UT, like 741-741, different 24-7 resources that they can have if, they are if they're in crisis. We look at their screen time and see what improvements we can make there. Talk about not having our phone in our bedroom so we can get good sleep, so like we can help ourselves heal and be protected uh, from mental health issues. Because sleep is the most underrated way to protect ourselves from mental health issues. We talk about that too. And then we have them sign it. And then, you know, I have any questions, we give them their stuff and they're good to go. And so that's kind of the walkthrough of how I go through a CCR um, and how we do it in our school. Is not going to be the same. And it's not even going to be in the, the exact same within school. Even though we have the same structured layout at our school, our, the counselor next to me, she takes a good 45 minutes to an hour for a lot of her CCRs. Um, she is a very talented academic advisor. 
Um, whereas I take closer to 30 minutes for my CCR talking more about personal things because while I'm good with the academics and I get, I get done what needs to be done, I, I am more gifted when it comes to social emotional needs. And so we're able to talk about those. So each counselor is going to play to their strengths along with the requirements of what they have to cover. And it's going to be a little bit different, but that's how we walk through our CCR. And another time I'll do an episode about how we do our junior CCRs, our sophomores and our seniors. Um, but that, yeah, yeah, that's how we do it. We love CCRs. They're a very important meeting. Good opportunity to meet your parents. eh? Um, oh yeah. One more thing. The very, very first thing we talk about before we even dive into the forms and stuff, we pull up their grades, we pull up their attendance and we look at any patterns of concern that we might have. And we talk about them We're like, Hey, You've been absent a lot to this class. Hey, I notice you're not passing this class. We talk about study habits, see what we can do better. Um, spend a few minutes on that as well. So anyway, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of The Sounding Board from the Utah School Counselors Association talking all about CCRs. I hope you all have a wonderful day and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Sounding Board. Email the Sounding Board at utschoolcounselor.org to send us your questions and ideas. If you like our podcast, please rate and review our show. It helps other school counselors to find us. Links and additional information for any references from today's episode are in our show notes. Check out our website at utschoolcounselor.org where you can listen to past podcast episodes, register for any of our professional development opportunities, and become a member of the Utah School Counselors Association. USCA members also receive a bi-monthly newsletter to stay up to date on current Utah School Counseling news, events, and issues. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Utah School Counselor and on Twitter at USCA Tweets. The mission of the Utah School Counselors Association is to support professional school counselors in their work for students through advocacy, professional development, recognition, and support. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our members. We'll have more ideas to share with you next week. Let's go.